Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin Be'ezus Hashem, feedback and insight share number 54. The last two feedbacks, we were talking about ways that together, husband and wife together, could work on their internal behaviors, external behaviors, to enhance their marriage, to heal their marriage, to make their marriage a lot better and um, in a beautiful way. And we said also that it takes sometimes one to tango, that even if uh, one is interested and the other one is not, it's still very much kedai for the one to make an effort to do these things and to practice these things for many, many reasons. Number one is ultimately, it may take time, but the other spouse will reciprocate. And even if you don't see those results right away, you could see it later. And even if you don't see those results, you change, you become a better person, you become more refined, and you become more at peace with yourself and more besimcha. And we talked in the last two weeks about two nukudais. One of them is the patience one is to have and to be patient even when your spouse talks negatively, to know how to be silent during those times, to let it pass by. And the other one we discussed about the kindness, the love expressed in forms of kindness. So in a nutshell, it's like this, that whatever you put time into, energy into, money into, invest into, that will, be, that will become important to you. You know, it's hard to care for something you're not invested in. So when you put your kaychais into it, into improving your relationship with your wife or with your husband, it becomes a priority, it becomes part of you. And along with what we said in the first feedback, when we discussed refraining from any negative comments when your spouse says something hurtful and to learn how to let it pass by. And then, of course, later when things calm down, there's ways to communicate in healthy ways. It's also important, like we spoke last feedback, about kindness. Whether you buy them a certain gift or whether you say, I'm thinking of you today, do something special for them in the form of kindness. Now we're going to talk about another Nakuda that's very important. That love, as much as people in our culture, uh, American culture, feel that love is some type of mindless feeling, a wave of emotion, um, that is not so. Love is a choice and love has thought to it. It thinks. It's busy with thought with healthy, loving thoughts that come before healthy, loving actions. Now, it could be for some of you, when you first were together and things were better and things were wonderful and you became thoughtful, being thoughtful was part of your second nature to you. In many of your cases, you spend hours and hours of what your chassan and your kala um, what they're doing and then rehearsing impressive things to say by dates or in the early part of the marriage and, um, you know, and enjoying those whatever time you, you, you spent together and, and to 
are fond of those memories and um, you're thinking about them all the time. And that happens sometimes in the early part of marriage. And then what happens, as we said, things begin to change, especially after marriage. The wife uh, says, I already got my husband. The husband says, I already got my, my, my wife. You know, the hunt is over. The pursuing is over. And the sparks of that fire of love and warmth starts to cool off. And your motivation for thoughtfulness, for putting your mind to things, to create that loving feeling and to create that loving action those that thoughtfulness cools off and what happens is you drift into focusing on other things and we say of course being not judging being done the kafschos it happens to everybody the pressures of life is a big cause for this there's no question you know you, you drift into you know you're already married so that's that very nice and now you drift into focusing on your job or focusing on your friends or focusing on your problems later focusing on your children or focusing on your own personal desires of yourself or what you want and i mean this i both in a the physical sense of what causes you pleasure physically and also emotionally and also spiritually um, we talked about how Torah, you have to be very, very careful too. The balance that's required. In the Ruchnius, the pursuits, you could ignore and neglect your husband or your wife because of your spiritual pursuits, and that's also the not correct way. And what happens after a while is you begin to ignore the needs of your husband and the needs of your wife. And... Um, what happens, what happens really is, is that each person we know is a oilamole, is a full world. So when marriage causes, adds another person into your life, your husband comes into your life, your wife comes into your life, very often people pretend that that person didn't come into their life. Your thinking isn't mature enough to always include that other person into your life, into your being, into your daily activities and uh, it's not second nature to you yet and what's important to know is that you could be married for many months many weeks many months many years and even decades sometimes you're so in the habit you're not mature in your thinking to realize that your wife or your husband is centered to you center to what your thoughts should be focused on and what your priorities should be for and some people again you know they you know and and it's you know it's never too late everything's reversible but don't think because you're married so long and even if things go, are relatively doing okay but you need to realize that sometimes your thinking may have not matured to the point to realize that that person that hashem sent you your zivig that's with you is the center of your existence and you need to learn more to become more thoughtful because if you don't learn to be more thoughtful you end up regretting the missed opportunities to demonstrate that love and thoughtlessness is an is a silent enemy to a loving relationship 
And that's not just, we talked in the past about actively negative behaviors of, of jealousy, of anger, of stonewalling, silent treatments, all these other things. But what one needs to know is that even thoughtlessness, just not putting, investing your machshavis and your heart into the, the one you married, also creates a rift. And the truth be told, men probably, generally speaking, struggle more with this, with this thoughtlessness than women do. Because generally speaking, men focus, they're, they're lasered on what they're one dimensional in their thought. They, they laser in in one thing and they forget about everything else. They focus on this particular one item and then they forget. So if they're busy with work, with even learning, with other things, they can forget about their wife. And while it benefits them in the area they're focusing on, they may overlook other things that need his attention and his wife that needs a lot of attention. A woman, on the other hand, generally speaking, is more multi-conscious. You know, when we say daitan kalois by women, uh, people look at it like a negative thing. But part of it is a very positive thing. Kalois, daitan kalois, according to some mefarshim, in the way it's learned, means that they're multi-conscious. They're, instead of zooming in on one particular factor, they have the ability to, what we call multitask, um, even before multitasking was a style, to talk on the phone and cook and know where the kids are in the house and wonder in her head why her husband isn't help, helping and all of this is, in, is, is going on simultaneously. That's why she is so good at handling the whole matters because she knows how to have all these different aspects and focus somehow on all of them. And she tends to think relationally. She works on something. She's aware of all the people around her and how they're connected. And that's an example in general how Hashem designed women different than men and to complete their man, uh, a man Men need to understand that and to learn that even though they may be focused on one particular thing, they need to realize not to neglect the other things that are important, including, of course, the needs and the affection that they need to express towards their wife. Another difference that happens between men and women that cause issues that require the thought that we talk about is that men usually thinks in literal terms and say what they mean, mean what they say. There's not much needed to understand what their message is. Their words are more literal, not to be overanalyzed. And women very often speak in hints, be, you know, between the lines. And a man, a husband, has to learn that language, to listen, to see what was implied in the meaning. And of course, we spoke in the past that to avoid um, frustration in communication, it's best that both of them learn how to be upfront and express their needs in a clear-cut way. And the woman needs to be more um, open, not to talk in riddles, and to say what she means in a nice way. And, but he could often be frustrated because he doesn't understand what she really wants. 
and she's frustrated because she doesn't understand why he's so inconsiderate and doesn't can't put the two and two together and figure out what she needs. But the truth is, is that could be worked on. And a woman, a wife, needs her husband to be thoughtful. That's the key in helping her feeling loved. That when she speaks, if you're a husband that's wise or you're learning to be wise, you'll listen, mamish, like a detective. You want to discover that unspoken needs and desires that her words are implying. And again, for the women, it's better to make his job easier. And if these things couched in other languages or using different words, that's not so, that's more vague and you're expecting to figure out what you're trying to say, it's best to put those pieces together for him and, and, um, and, 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 and be clear to him of what, what, what you want to convey to him. But the truth is that even if your wife does not do that, he has the ability to listen and to understand and to figure out what he needs to do in order to express that love to her. And this explains also very often why wives sometimes get upset at their husbands and they don't explain why they're upset at their husbands. And sometimes the husband genuinely can't figure it out. In other words, in her mind, she says, I don't have to spell this out for him. You know, he, he could, he should be, he's smart enough to be able to see the situation, see what's going on here where I don't have to spell it out. In the meantime, the husband is, is, getting upset because and grieved because he cannot read her mind. And he's wondering, like, why am I being punished for a crime I don't know I committed? I, I don't know what she wants from me. So to avoid those type of um, conflicts, the commitment is, is that love requires thoughtfulness, putting your thoughts and mind to understanding the other spouse, on both sides, that kind of thoughtfulness and thinking builds the bridges to constructive combination of patience, which we talked about two weeks ago, of kindness, which we talked about last week, and a certain selflessness. And love teaches you how to meet in the middle and how to respect your spouse and how to appreciate how your spouse uniquely thinks. If you do that, then what happens a lot of times is, is that those very attributes that causes the husband to be frustrated at his wife, once he's thoughtful and attuned to her, he'll actually begin to understand her language. And what annoyed him before will create a love now for her by understanding how she um, you know, communicates, and what she is about, and him to her, and, and her to him as well. And what a husband needs to do, and again, the wife, if it's not clear, to try to communicate clearly, but in real life sometimes there's still a difference in their modes of communication. So a husband really needs to listen to his wife and learn to be considerate to even unspoken messages. But the wife, on her hand, on her hand, she needs to communicate truthfully, which means like this, it's very important for the wife not to say one thing while meaning something else. That's a big um, factor 
Men do this too. That is true. Again, it's, it's, it's a stereotype, but men and women both do this. They say one thing and they mean something else. But wives in general do tend to do this. They don't want to express what they're really, really upset about. So they throw in like a, a smokescreen and show that they're upset about something else. And you're trying to, the husband's scratching his head trying to figure out what's the real problem here. And, but instead of being frustrated when that happens, or speaking harshly now, but rather be thoughtful and try to figure out and just ask what's really bothering you, what's upsetting you. Love thinks before speaking. You filter your words, you use MS and chesed together. And you have to think to yourself, no matter how long you're married, no matter how short you're married, when was the last time you actually did this? When was the last time you actually spent a few minutes thinking about how you could better understand your husband or wife, how better to love your husband or wife, what needs they have, how to fulfill them, when was the last time you tried to fulfill them, or again, upcoming anniversaries, upcoming birthdays, Yom Taivim, what you could prepare to enhance it. So basically what I'm saying is, in a nutshell, Great marriages very often come from great thinking, and everyone has that ability to think. One of these things that you could do about the, the thoughtfulness of this love is sometimes you, could, you, you should contact your spouse, your husband and wife, even during a business day or busy in the day with no agendas. Not like, oh, I forgot, please buy this in the supermarket. Oh, I forgot, please pay this bill. Or, oh, I have information about this and that. No, sometimes call with no agenda just to see how are you doing? How is he or she doing? Is there anything I could do for you? How is your day? And so on. And that should become natural to a person. And that's very, very important. So the aside, more or less, of these three weeks is this concept. And we're going to continue and again, it's better if a couple works on these things jointly. And, but even if it's one-sided, it is well, well, well worth it. I get 95 plus percent of the time, you will see results of the other spouse softening up and reciprocating. But it's Kedai to do regardless. It will make your life a lot more pleasant, healthier, easier, more wonderful, and you'll learn how to use your thoughts to love in the right way. So whether it is the patience of the first week, of being silent when one of them is being negative and to let the waves ride and not necessarily respond back right now while things are upsetting and be patient with that. Or like we said last week about being kind, finding ways to be kind. Now we're saying be thoughtful. Use your thoughts. Think about it like a sugya. Take it seriously. Realize, and some people don't realize this even after many years or decades in their marriage, that their wife, that their husband is integral, a center of their life. And that's a part of their tafkid. And how do I make her feel that love I have for her? How do I make him feel that love I have for her? And that 
comes with this, these thoughts of, and then after those thoughts come actions about how to go about it. Another Nakuda is not to be rude. Not to be rude. And very often, husband and wife are rude to each other. They're unpleasant to each other, which makes it difficult to be around one another. And it's not becoming, it's embarrassing, it's disrespectful. It could be using rough language, not even mamash nivel peh, but again, outright cursing is a separate issue, but even if you're not doing that, some just the coarse way of talking, the rough way of talking to one another, or even poor table manners. I'm not saying you have to be like those sophisticated British aristocratic uh, people, the way they eat in such a formal way. You don't have to do that, but eat like a mensch or to avoid being sarcastic. All these types of things. Because no one likes being around a rude person. Very often because of frustration in life, husband or wife or both become rude. And it may seem insignificant to the person doing it. I'm just in a bad mood. I'm just letting off some steam. But they don't realize how unpleasant it is on the receiving end. They realize how unpleasant it is on the receiving end when they're receiving it. But when they're dishing it out, they don't realize how unpleasant it is for the person you're dishing it out to. And when you love somebody, that's really the thoughtfulness that we talked about comes along with that. You need to intentionally, and that's the word, love is intentional. It requires thought. You learn, how am I going to behave in a way that's more pleasant for my wife to be around for my husband to be around. If a wife desires to love her husband, she avoids things that would frustrate him needlessly, cause him discomfort needlessly. And again, we're not talking about important subjects that need to be discussed. There's ways to do it. But stamazai, just out of the blue, just as a mahalach, because you're frustrated or under stress, to create things that frustrate your husband or your wife, that's not healthy. Basically, if you're genuinely loving, you have derech And that concept, once you practice it, could be mamish fresh ear to a marriage. It could change the whole dynamic. It may seem small, but you'll see in a couple of days, or certainly in a couple of months, how your whole avir, the whole atmosphere in your house transforms by simply learning to have good manners one to the other. You need to say to yourself, I value you enough to exercise some self-control around you. I want to be the person who is a pleasure to be with. I want to be a husband where my wife comes and says, I love talking to you and being with you. I feel calmer when I'm with you. You're a breath of fresh air. You're a calming and loving influence in my life. And the wife also needs to Understand that too. I want to be a pleasant reality for my husband and a loving reality for my husband. 
And when you allow this love to change your behavior, even in the smallest of ways, you bring back a covet to the relationship. You bring back honor to the relationship. You bring a certain true ahava, a true love, a true friendship. And that's so, so important. And the more respectful, the more honorable, the more ehrlich you are in your behavior, the more attractive and romantically appealing you'll be to your husband or to your wife. And that's so important as well. We'll be Mam Shech Hashem in the next shir as well. This series of feedbacks are extremely, extremely important. They're very internal. It needs, it's a matter of self-transformation that actually has real, real results. And like I said, if a couple could together work on this, that's beautiful. But even if that's not the case right now, and even if there's a rough patch, and even if one of them seems disinterested, even without saying how you're doing this, you start working on this, you're planting seeds that will grow, Mehat Hashem. Have a wonderful day.